Hey everyone, this is Joy Keller, Ideas Executive Editor. I am super excited to welcome you to Ideas Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only Audible CEC program. We know how busy you are, so we wanted to provide a handy way to help you listen, learn, and earn credits toward your certification renewal. Research has shown that physical activity increases comprehension. So whether you're out for a run, working out, or just doing the dishes, now you can cement your learning through this convenient option. Thank you for joining us. This episode contains information that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 approval agencies, including ACE, NASM, AFA, ACSM, NSCA, and NFPT. In order to claim your CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the IDEA store. Look for the link to the quiz in the show notes. And to thank you for listening, at the end of the episode, I will provide you with a coupon code to get 20% off the quiz. In this episode, I will read you 11 articles from our headlines news sections and 13 from our food for thought news section. This collection of evidence-based news stories will bring you up to date on fitness trends, exercise research, and the dynamic fields of diet, food, nutrition, and behavior change science. First, I will read 11 articles from our headline section that were researched by our colleague and award-winning contributing editor, Shirley Archer. These were originally published in the April 2020 Sprint edition of Fitness Journal. In addition to the link in the show notes, The articles and the quiz can also be found at ideafit.com under the Articles tab. Article 1. Group exercise instructors make an impact. Leadership style that builds community can boost attendance. Group exercise instructors take heart. Your leadership skills significantly influence participants' attendance and effort. Australian researchers conducted a study to examine how an instructor's ability to create a sense of community and group identity among class members affected both effort and attendance. The study examined 249 participants and instructors across a variety of group formats. Data analysis showed that members' feelings of group identification and comfort in a class were clearly linked with more frequent attendance and greater effort. In fact, These feelings mattered more than participants' perceptions of their own competence. This indicates that group exercise instructors can boost activity levels by fostering positive group environments. The study is reported in Psychology of Sport and Exercise. Article 2. Women and Strength Training Frequency is a key factor for women. Women do not respond to weight training the same way men do. University of New South Wales researchers in Sydney conducted a comprehensive search of the literature on resistance training and found only 24 randomized control studies that focused exclusively on women. Lead study author Amanda Mandy D. Hagstrom, Ph.D., lecturer in exercise science at UNSW Medicine, said, I was surprised. I knew there wouldn't be many studies, but I thought there'd be more than that. The selected studies included almost 1,000 women. Data analysis showed that the most important variable to emphasize with women who want to build muscle is frequency of training, days per week, followed by number of repetitions and sets. Our meta-analysis didn't yield any specific guidelines for the number of exercises or repetitions, said Hagstrom. So the key message for women 
is to try to accrue adequate overall exercise volume and train as frequently as possible. Among the studies, the typical program consisted of three sets of 10 reps three times per week for 15 weeks. Participants were 18 to 50 years of age and were at various fitness levels. Only around 39% of participants in exercise science literature are female. Hagstrom is hoping to improve the representation of women. The next stage of her research will explore specific differences between male and female adaptations to resistance training. Find the study in sports medicine. Article 3. Any amount of running boosts health. Running is linked with lower death risks from all causes. Get motivated to reboot your client's running programs for springtime. The good news. Any amount of running is associated with a 27% lower risk of death from any cause, a 30% lower risk of death from heart disease, and a 23% lower risk of death from cancer, according to a study reported in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. An international team of researchers came to this conclusion after reviewing 14 studies that included more than 232,000 participants. The investigators found that runners received benefits even if they did not meet the guideline of 150 minutes per week of moderate-intensity aerobic exercise. For example, individuals who ran once per week or less at speeds below 6 miles, that's 9.7 kilometers per hour, and for less than 50 minutes at a time all showed reduced risks. Study authors concluded, increased rates of participation in running regardless of its dose, would probably lead to substantial improvements in population health and longevity. Article 4. Who benefits most from visualization training? People with natural kinesthetic imagery skills benefit more from imagining exercises. Do you have clients who seem to be able to deeply imagine how a movement would feel in the body? If you do, kinesthetic imagery training may help them improve their sports skills. New research shows that golfers who could imagine the physical feeling of putting while imagining the action improved their subsequent ability to putt more accurately. University of Limerick researchers in Ireland evaluated the performance benefits of combining action observation and motor imagery exercises among golfers. The scientists also assessed whether those who could more easily sense their own body and how a movement would feel during a task would have an advantage. Investigators recruited 44 male golfers of different skill levels and reviewed their kinesthetic imagery abilities before allocating the men to a control group or a test group. The good kinesthetic imagers who received the action observation and motor imagery exercises outperformed all participants in putting accuracy. Researchers concluded that those with better kinesthetic imagery ability benefited more from mental training. The study is available in Psychology of Sport and Exercise. Article 5. The Best Way to Use Ice Baths New research shows that cold water immersion inhibits muscle repair. If repairing and building muscle is a primary goal, people may want to think twice about taking an ice bath after training. New research conducted at Maastricht University in the Netherlands shows that cold water immersion during recovery from resistance-type exercise reduces muscles' ability to take up protein for repair and to synthesize protein to muscle building. Studies do show that using an ice bath can reduce muscle soreness, 
Therefore, engaging in the practice may still be a good strategy if your goal is to lessen soreness after a bout of heavy training. But this research shows that using an ice bath also affects formation of new proteins for muscle repair and building. The temperature of the ice baths used in the study were 46.4 degrees Fahrenheit, or 8 degrees Celsius. Read the full study in the Journal of Physiology. Article 6. Skip Antibacterial Mouthwash After Workouts Oral bacteria play a role in regulating blood pressure after exercise. Before you freshen up with antibacterial mouthwash after a heavy sweat session, ask yourself whether it's really necessary. Working out commonly leads to a drop in blood pressure, but using an antibacterial mouthwash after training significantly reduces this benefit according to a study published in Free Radical Biology and Medicine. Rinsing with water, in contrast, does not affect blood pressure. Researchers from the University of Plymouth, England, and various institutions in Spain conducted a study to evaluate the role of mouth bacteria in converting salivary nitrates into nitrate, a chemical that helps to keep blood vessels dilated, leading to lower blood pressure after exercise. Investigators recruited 23 healthy adults to run on a treadmill and rinse their mouths 30, 60, and 90 minutes after running. Blood pressure was monitored. Data analysis showed that the antibacterial mouthwash reduced exercise's lowering effect on blood pressure by more than 60% during the first hour of recovery and eliminated the benefit within two hours after exercise. Lead study author Craig Cutler, a PhD student in dietetics at the University of Plymouth, said, these findings show that nitrite synthesis by oral bacteria is hugely important in kickstarting how our bodies react to exercise over the first period of recovery, promoting lower blood pressure and greater muscle oxygen. Article 7 Overtraining Tires Mind and Body. Too much physical training can adversely affect decision making. Here's another reason to encourage exercise enthusiasts not to overtrain. New research shows that cognitive fatigue has as much an effect on overtraining as physical fatigue. To evaluate whether overtraining can tire the brain, Paris researchers compared the effect of normal training with training overload on the ability of 37 trained male endurance athletes, average age 35 years, to make decisions. In addition to offering questionnaires, investigators used fMRI scanning to measure brain activity during cognitive exercises. Data analysis confirmed the researchers' hypothesis that training overload affects the brain in a similar way to prolonged intellectual work. Overtrained athletes felt more fatigue overall and showed more impulsiveness in decision-making and less ability to defer rewards, even though this conflicted with longer-term goals. Brain scans revealed lower activity in the brain region related to cognitive control. The study authors concluded that their results provide causal evidence for a functional link between enduring physical exercise and exertion of cognitive control. The study appeared in Current Biology. Article 8. Exercise and Longevity for Women High cardiovascular fitness is linked with lower death risks. 
A new study further supports the benefits of maintaining cardiovascular fitness during middle age and beyond. In a study presented at the European Society of Cardiology's EuroEcho 2019 meeting in Vienna, high cardiovascular fitness was linked with significantly lower death risks from heart disease, cancer, and other causes for middle-aged and older women. Researchers at University Hospital E Coruña in Spain evaluated 4,714 adult women ages 50 to 75 for approximately five years. Women with poor fitness levels had nearly four times the annual rate of death from heart disease and double the rate of death from cancer when compared to women with high fitness levels. For death from other causes, women with poor exercise capacity died at four times the rate of those with good exercise capacity. Article 9. Children are less active worldwide. Youth of all ages are at risk for inactivity. Global surveys show that children are becoming less and less active. A study conducted at University of Strathclyde in Glasgow, Scotland concluded that, in developed countries, children of all ages are at risk from declining physical activity levels, seen as early as four years old. The study is available in obesity reviews. Article 10. Yoga Boosts Brain Fitness Practice alters brain structure and function. Practicing yoga benefits both brain structure and function by increasing gray matter in brain regions responsible for memory recall and emotion regulation, among other changes, according to research findings published in Brain Plasticity. Researchers at the University of Illinois and Wayne State University reviewed 11 studies that examined the effects of yoga on brain structures, function, and cerebral blood flow. We identified some brain regions that consistently come up, and they are surprisingly not very different from what we see with exercise research, said lead author Neha Goth, Ph.D., director of the Exercise Psychology Lab and professor at University of Illinois. Yoga is not aerobic in nature, so there must be other mechanisms leading to these brain changes. So far, we don't have the evidence to identify what those mechanisms are. The practice of yoga helps improve emotion regulation to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, Goethe said, and that seems to improve brain functioning. Other areas of the brain related to the default mode network tend to be larger or more efficient in those who practiced yoga. Study co-author Jessica S. Demossois, Ph.D., professor in the Institute of Gerontology and in Psychology at Wayne State University, said, The prefrontal cortex a region just behind the forehead, is essential to planning, decision-making, multitasking, thinking about your options, and picking the right option. The default mode network is a set of brain regions involved in thinking about the self, planning, and memory. Demoisa added, we need more rigorous and well-controlled intervention studies to confirm these initial findings. Article 11, Fitness for People with Fibromyalgia. High fitness levels are linked with the benefits. Do you work with a client who has fibromyalgia? Here's some good news. In a study of 466 women with fibromyalgia, researchers found that those with higher levels of overall fitness also experienced higher health-related quality of life, HRQOL. Spanish researchers from various institutions conducted the study to determine which components of fitness would be most valuable to target in people with fibromyalgia. 
Investigators assessed flexibility, muscle strength, speed and agility, and cardiorespiratory fitness among women with fibromyalgia. Results showed not only that people with the highest levels of fitness enjoyed the highest HRQOL, but also that muscle strength, flexibility, and cardiorespiratory fitness were independent indicators of HRQOL. Only women were included in the study, since fibromyalgia primarily affects women. The study is available in physical therapy. That concludes the readings for headlines. Many thanks to author and contributing editor Shirley Archer for her research and writing. Next up, I will read 13 articles from our Food for Thought news section that were researched and written by Patricia Ryan, MS, who holds a Master's of Science degree in Instructional Technology aimed at designing professional education. She was IDEA's first editor-in-chief and developed the gold standard of content for which IDEA is still known. These articles were originally published in the April 2020 Sprint edition of Fitness Journal. In addition to the link in the show notes, the articles and the quiz can also be found at ideafit.com under the Articles tab. Article 1. The Med Diet Stands the Test of Time. Success rates for weight loss climb with the eating patterns you can stick to. Given the option, would you choose the paleo diet, intermittent fasting, IF, or the Mediterranean eating pattern for weight loss? Among 250 healthy, overweight adults participating in a randomized controlled study, more than half, 55%, went for IF, restricting intake two days a week, while 27% chose the Mediterranean diet, emphasizing whole grains, fruit, and vegetables, and 18% opted to go paleo modified to allow some legumes and dairy. Participants also chose whether to try high-intensity interval training or a standard exercise regimen. After a brief educational session on their chosen diet, they completed assessments of their food intake, biometric measures, and physical activity, and these assessments were repeated at intervals. The results, reported in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, showed that after one year, about half of the people following the Mediterranean and IF eating patterns were maintaining their diets, compared with 35% of those eating paleo. Average weight loss at one year ranged from 1.8 kilograms, that's 3.9 pounds, for the paleo plan, to 4 kilograms, or 8.8 pounds, for IF. Participants who were still on their chosen diets at 12 months lost more weight. A side benefit for those fasting or eating Mediterranean were clinically significant improvements in blood pressure. The authors concluded that all the diets had benefit, and the best advice is to choose the one that contains healthy foods and is most likely to be followed. Article 2. That half full glass tilts toward better eating. Research shows that optimists eat better than pessimists. Is it time to put on a happy face? A new report in Nutrition Journal reveals that dispositional optimism, expecting that more positive things will happen in the future, may lead to better food choices. At baseline in every six months, 19,335 volunteers participating in a French study completed at least three online 24-hour diet records between 2014 and 2018. A higher score on the optimism scale was associated with greater overall diet quality 
and a higher intake of fruits and vegetables, seafood, whole grains, fats, dairy, legumes, and meat substitutes compared with a lower score. Optimists consumed less sugar, confections, and dairy, and ate fewer between-meal snacks. A word to the wise, optimistic participants also tended to drink more alcoholic beverages and enjoy more appetizers. The authors noted that participants seemed to eat foods typically available during social occasions, which are common in French households. Previous research indicates that, besides having healthy eating habits, People who are optimistic tend to have better health and better social relationships than those who don't share a positive outlook. Article 3. More Evidence That Ultra-Processed Foods Lead to Obesity and Diabetes Convenience Foods Have Inconvenient Risks What do residents of the United States have in abundance? In supermarkets and food outlets, Americans have easy access to ultra-processed foods prepared using industrial techniques. For example, soft drinks and candies, powdered instant soups or noodles, various nuggets, and pre-prepared meat and pizza dishes. These types of food make meals cheap and convenient, but they can lead to overeating and weight gain and may contribute to metabolic syndrome and chronic disease, write researchers reporting in current treatment options in gastroenterology. Their review of food trends attributed the most weight gain to ultra-processed foods such as potato chips, sweetened beverages, sweets and desserts, refined grains, and processed meat. Weight loss, or less weight gain, was associated with eating more whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. The authors suggest that ultra-processed foods in our diets contribute to obesity and chronic disease. A separate study, published in JAMA Internal Medicine, linked eating ultra-processed foods to type 2 diabetes based on an examination of data reported by 104,707 people, mostly women, 79.2%. The participants whose average age was 42.7 years at the start of the study, recorded their eating habits and health conditions over six years. After adjusting for comorbidities and weight change, the researchers concluded that a higher intake of ultra-processed foods was consistently associated with a risk of type 2 diabetes. Fitness participants in midlife may already be at risk for type 2 diabetes since this age group represents 14.3% of the 30.2 million Americans with diagnosed or undiagnosed diabetes, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In many cases, type 2 diabetes is related to lifestyle choices, such as sedentary living, overweight, hypertension, and high cholesterol, that can be modified with a structured wellness and fitness plan. The take-home message is consistent. Encourage clients to eat whole foods, emphasizing vegetables, fruit, and fiber, and make the same choices yourself. Article 4. Cooking shows educate kids on how to eat better. Teaching children how to cook may increase their odds of making healthy eating choices. Demonstrating how to cook healthier foods was an effective way to teach kids about nutrition, found a study of 125 children ages 10 to 12 years who watched cooking shows in the classroom. For comparison, one group of the children watched video clips of a program showing how to cook healthier foods, while another group watched the same show featuring unhealthy foods. Afterwards, 
the children were offered a snack. As reported in the Journal of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior, the kids who watched the program on cooking healthy foods were 2.7 times more likely to choose an apple or slices of cucumber as their snack than those who watched the less healthy version of the show. These kids more often chose a handful of chips or salted mini pretzels. The investigators pointed out that children are more likely to eat nutrient-rich foods when they help prepare the meal, but noted that fewer families prepare foods from scratch than did in the past. The study authors suggested that the visual medium of video may be a beneficial addition to school curricula. Article 5. Good News for Whole Grains Diet quality has improved, but much more needs to be done. The average American Heart Association Healthy Diet Score for U.S. adults improved between 2003 and 2004 and 2015 and 2016, according to the AHA Statistical Update 2020. Two scales were used to measure diet quality. On one of them, scores for a poor diet decreased from 56% to 47.8%. On the second, poor diet prevalence dropped from 43.7% to 36.4%. The improvement was attributed to people reducing their intake of sugar-sweetened beverages and eating more whole grains, nuts, seeds, and legumes. Unfortunately, results showed no significant change in adult consumption of fruits, vegetables, fish, shellfish, sodium, processed meat, or saturated fat between the two timeframes. Article 6. Physical activity in youth leads to more veggies in adulthood. A long-term study shows that positive habits age well. There's another good reason to help children maintain their physical activity. In a finished study, being more physically active in youth was linked to greater fruit and vegetable consumption during adulthood. Over 30 years, Researchers in Finland collected self-reported data on physical activity levels and fruit and vegetable intake among 3,536 males and females, starting when they were 9 to 18 years old and continuing until they were 33 to 48. Leisure time physical activity was indexed according to frequency and intensity. Participants reported how often they ate vegetables and fruit over the prior month. People who consistently engaged in leisure time physical activity from childhood to adulthood were likely to consume more fruits and vegetables more frequently when compared with people who had low levels of activity or were inactive over the same period. Individuals who increased their activity levels from childhood to adulthood seemed to increase their consumption of fruits and vegetables. A caveat, once they reached the teenage years, participants tended to decrease their consumption of fruits and vegetables, regardless of activity levels, before renewing their plant-based choices later. The study authors commented in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health that although the study was based on self-reported information, which can be inaccurate, there was a parallel relationship between physical activity and consumption of fruits and vegetables and promoting one might also encourage the other. Article 7. Popular weight loss strategies stand the test of time. Diet and exercise are top methods for losing weight, 
that people want to lose even more. How many times during a week do clients tell you that they want to lose weight or talk about what they are doing to change their body weight? Among 48,026 U.S. residents over the age of 20 who answered the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey in 2015 to 2016, 42% responding said they were actively trying to lose weight. The most popular strategies did not include trendy diets. Instead, survey respondents reported they were eating less, 31.9%, exercising, 31.5%, and drinking more water, 26.3%. They also said they were eating more fruits, vegetables, and salads, 29.4%, eating less sugar and fewer sweets, 20.9%, and changing their eating habits, 20.5%. The findings were reported in JAMA Network Open, along with respondents' perceptions on whether they were the right weight, 41%, and wanted to lose weight, 67%. Article 7. Popular weight loss strategies stand the test of time. Diet and exercise are top methods for losing weight, but people want to lose even more. How many times during a week do clients tell you they want to lose weight or talk about what they're doing to change their body weight? Among 48,026 U.S. residents over the age of 20 who answered the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey in 2015 to 2016, 42% responding said they were actively trying to lose weight. The findings were reported in JAMA Network Open along with respondents' perceptions on whether they were the right weight, 41%, and those who wanted to weigh less, 67%. Article 8. Fresh food and vegetables appear in schools. It took a law, but food and snacks got smarter. Back in 2013, the U.S. Department of Agriculture released the Smart Snacks in School Standards, which aimed to reduce fat and sugar in students' diets by encouraging schools to provide healthier snacking choices like whole grains, low-fat dairy, fruits, vegetables, and leaner protein. The standards were put in place after research indicated that schools which offered foods and beverages containing solid fats and added sugars were helping to add empty calories to youngsters' diets. Consuming empty calories can increase overall energy intake, leading to overweight and other health conditions. The Smart Snacks guidelines applied to food sold to students in a vending machine, a school store, or any other venue. Practically, this meant offering water instead of soda and fruit cups instead of candy bars, for example. To determine the effectiveness of these guidelines, a survey of 1,959 students ages 6 to 18 in 310 schools, was conducted using 24-hour dietary recall information. Among the 528 students who ate snacks at school, 420 lived in a state with a law requiring schools to follow the guidelines. Writing in JAMA, the authors reported that students living in a state with a law that mandated school compliance with the Smart Snacks guidelines consumed 25.7% of their total daily energy intake, that's 508 average kilocalories, from solid fats and added sugars. 
That percentage was 28.4%, around 562.5 calories, among students in a state without the law. Although the difference seemed small, the researchers suggested these results indicated an improvement in diet quality among students who bought food at smart snack schools. Article 9. Mobile apps aid weight loss. Mobile phones, apps, and behavior change are good partners. Mobile phones are a cozy home for apps with a range of functions, from calling for a ride to recording diet and exercise histories. To evaluate the effectiveness of using a weight loss app, researchers conducted a meta-analysis of 14 studies described in their journal Obesity, including 2,129 people, average age 58.4 years, with type 2 diabetes. Participants who used a mobile app significantly reduced their body weight and decreased their waist circumference, but not their body mass index. People with obesity and those who used the app along with other behavioral interventions experienced the best improvements. Article 10. Lifestyle and longevity go hand in hand. Once again, the Big Five lifestyle choices help counteract chronic diseases. When it's likely that you're going to live into your 80s and 90s, isn't it a good idea to work toward a healthy lifespan? Five lifestyle choices, the ones fitness professionals regularly recommend, may help you do it, according to a new analysis published online in the BMJ. In this prospective cohort study, 73,196 women in the Nurses' Health Study, 34 years of data, and 38,366 men in the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study, 28 years of data, reported their adherence to the Alternate Healthy Eating Index, how often they engaged in moderate to vigorous exercise for at least 30 minutes per day, whether they maintained a body mass index of 18.5 to 24.9, whether their alcohol intake was moderate, which is up to one serving per day for women and up to two for men, and whether they smoked. Women who practiced four or five of the healthy habits at age 50 lived an average of 34.4 more years without diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, and cancer, compared with 23.7 healthy years among women who practiced none of these habits. Men practicing four or five healthy habits at age 50 lived 31.8 one years free of chronic disease, compared with 23.5 years among men who practiced none. Interestingly, rather than focusing on only one lifestyle factor, this study identified a combination of factors, providing a more realistic view of an individual's lifestyle. As people age, their risk of chronic diseases increases. Yet these data indicate that lifestyle choices can reduce those risks. This is an area in which fitness and wellness professionals can develop lifestyle programs within their scope that encourage clients of all ages to choose wisely. Article 11. Chili peppers for heart health? Research may support the claims of people who love heat and spice. People who are fond of adding hot chili peppers to their stews and sauces may be adding to their heart health. Among 22,811 women and men living in southern Italy, 24.3% regularly ate chili peppers four or more times a week. 
These peppers are part of the Mediterranean diet. After following the group for a median 8.2 years, researchers reported in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology that regularly eating chili peppers was associated with a lower risk of cardiovascular death, particularly in people without hypertension. The effect was greater for death from ischemic heart disease and cerebrovascular disease. The authors noted that people who regularly ate chili peppers also adhered more closely to the full Mediterranean diet compared with those who ate no or few chili peppers. Readers take note. This study refers to hot chili peppers, not the benign bell pepper. Article 12. Online nutrition searches follow food trends. Peer-reviewed studies shed light on questions and claims about food. It's rewarding to see that some people are searching reliable sources of nutrition information rather than blindly following the fads and opinions littering the online world. The American Society for Nutrition, ASN, which publishes four peer-reviewed journals, released a list of ASN articles that received a significant press coverage and sharing on social media. Some had well over 1,000 tweets. You or your clients may have been among the searchers. The articles included studies that reached the following conclusions. Consuming high levels of red meat or white poultry resulted in higher blood cholesterol levels than consuming a comparable amount of plant proteins. Plant proteins are the healthiest for blood cholesterol. A well-formulated ketogenic diet does not appear to be dangerous and may offer an initial approach for controlling obesity and diabetes. However, high-quality research is needed to discover the long-term effects of this eating pattern. Eating less frequently, not snacking, eating breakfast, and consuming the day's largest meal in the morning are practices that may be effective for maintaining body weight. Drinking six cups of coffee or more each day is modestly associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease compared with drinking one to two cups a day. No evidence currently exists to support the claims that a diet specific to a blood type benefits health. The society is composed of nutrition researchers, and it may be that Nutritionists and dietitians were among those interested in these articles, perhaps because they were being asked about the topics. Article 13. For better or worse, social media friends influence food choices. Survey. Peers say it is okay to eat junk food or veggies. Visiting social media outlets is a daily ritual for many. Among the online platforms, Facebook reigns with almost 2.5 billion active users every month. A research team turned to Facebook users to discover how social media influences eating habits. For the study published in the journal Appetite, 369 women and men, average age 22.1 years, stated their perceptions of the eating choices of Facebook users from a list of fruits, vegetables, sugar-sweetened beverages, and energy-dense snacks. Then they reported their own perceptions of these foods and what they ate. The analysis determined that for every portion of fruits and vegetables study participants thought their social media connections ate, they ate an extra fifth of a portion of fruits and vegetables. On the other hand, 
participants indulged in an extra portion of sugary drinks or unhealthy snacks for every three portions consumed by those in their social media circle. Basically, participants who felt their social circles implicitly approved of eating junk food consumed significantly more of it themselves. And those who thought their friends ate a healthy diet ate more fruits and vegetables. Sources of the perceptions were not tracked, although they may have come from images of foods that were posted or general sense of their peers' lifestyles. After reviewing the findings, the authors suggested that these results support the idea that social media influences eating choices and perhaps could be used to encourage healthier food choices. That marks the end of the readings for Food for Thought. Many thanks to Patricia Ryan for her research and excellent writing of Food for Thought, our popular food and nutrition news section. This concludes the education in this episode of the Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast. I'm so happy you joined me for this episode. I appreciate your attention and your dedication to being the best professional you can be. Quick reminder that this education has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. In order to claim the CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the Idea Store. The link is in the show notes. There is also a link for this issue's recipe for help, which is mushroom quinoa curry burgers. Use coupon code, all caps, S-P-R-I-N-T-A-P-R-20 to get 20% off this CEC quiz. Stay tuned. We have more exciting content that has been approved for CECs coming soon.